This is Burgos Ed, the podcast that answers all your questions you never dare to ask about banking. And I'm your host, Aurelia Rauch. Hello and welcome to Bergos Ed. My name is Dennis König and I have a guest today, Aurelia Rauch. <laughs> We're and turning the tables. We, we are turning the tables today <laughs> because today we are talking about a field I have no idea about. It is the art market, but uh, luckily I have a guest who has uh, a lot of knowledge uh, to share with <laughs> us, Aurelia Rauch, today. And um, yes, I would like to kick off right away with um, my first question. So let's say I'm young, I like somehow art and I also know which kind of art I like and maybe I also have an artist I like, I saw at the museum <laughs> and I would like to maybe start collecting something and buying something. Where do I go? What do I do? Where do I start? <laughs> Adam and Eve. No, I'm kidding. Uh, first of all, thanks, Dennis, for letting us turn this around today. We, it's it's cool to be uh, on the on the questioned side for once. Uh, you want to buy art? You don't know where to start? Oh God, that rhymes. That was not on purpose. Um, uh, where do you start? Well, first of all, I would say if you are interested in in starting a collection, really, or if you're interested in just sort of including a few works in your home. My first recommendation to everybody who's thinking about that is don't do it yet. Always wait a little bit because very often, you know, art, it's a little bit like wine. There's good and bad, sure, but there's also something like taste and palate and you need to kind of refine it. So I think a very important, also maybe a little bit of a liberating first advice to younger people who are starting or also, you know, older people, anybody who's starting to think about this uh, is take your time. You know, kind of what I what I jokingly say is take a year and pretend you're a collector and, and then become one. And believe me, anybody who really wants to buy something will still do it, right? But it gives you, it sets yourself up for kind of a little bit more pa your patience with yourself and letting yourself sort of get to a moment where you feel comfortable with your choices because I think that's very important. A friend of mine who works uh, now at Sotheby's at that time at a, at a gallery once said to me, it needs to hurt a little bit when you buy art. And I, I do think that's true but let's wait with the hurt till later and not you know not not scare every, anybody off and then I think what you probably were pointing to a bit more specifically is where to go actually go right yes I mean you already mentioned like places I also know from the newspaper like Sotheby's mm -hmm. where you know about these really famous auctions and crazy prices you right. see there on the other hand there are galleries and sure. what, what yeah. what's the difference how does it work well let me let me maybe start by by even explaining something a bit earlier that gets tossed around a lot is the two differentiations, secondary and primary market. Essentially, that means secondary market is secondly owned. So the work had an owner before. This could be of living artists or of deceased artists. Um, and primary is directly from the artist, but not directly from the artist's studio, often through a gallery. Um, th that's just important to know because these terms are often used. So is this a secondary piece or is this a primary piece? Also has to do with how the, how the price might present itself. And then if you're generally interested in buying, the most kind of classic ways to do that is a gallery or an auction house. And I think most people who are getting their you know, toes into the water of, of collecting, they might start at galleries. And there is just a variety of galleries of, of younger, up-and-coming galleries, extremely established and multi-billion dollar mega galleries. So 
you know, there's a really, really, really big span of where to, you could start looking. Um, so big names, you know, they range from a David Swerner, Gagosian, a Pace, Parota, you name it, right? Like there, there's so very many um, Hauser and Wirt started here in Zurich. They're, you know, world-spanning gallery now. And then there's big auction houses. So the biggest ones that you might have heard of is Christie's, Sotheby's, Phillips. Those are sort of the big ones. And they have various sales too. So that's also important to note. It's not like they do this is the one art sale and this is it. They they really do, you know, go into detail there. So there's a modern sale or there's, you know, post-war contemporary sale or there's, you know, now NFT sales. <laughs> so I, I uh, yeah, let's just say the, the possibilities are endless. And with that, that can be a bit scary, right? Because you don't know in that where to start. A good place, I think, for people to get an overview and get an idea is art fairs. They really are great right that that is a really good moment to go and to visit and you can kind of browse around you see a lot of art it can be quite overwhelming to be honest it's visually just so much stuff right so don't let that scare you but it's not it's nice because you get it in this condensed way and you can you can browse galleries you can meet the people there you can also feel it out right like what's the program like and then of course if you're lucky and you live in a city that has a few galleries of course go visit them go and, and and just don't be scared you know sometimes these wide cube spaces can be a little bit off-putting but believe me there's always somebody there who will be happy to chat with you and to show you around and you mentioned art fairs mm -hmm. so how is it at an art fair the, the art i see there is presented by several galleries mm -hmm. or yeah, okay yeah. well every gallery at an art fair gets a booth you you basically rent that if, if you will and depending on what fair it is it can be quite the investment on the gallery side and then you curate it like a little exhibition but what most galleries do and they take advantage of it they would do a group show so to say so they show works that is um you know representing their best and brightest of the moment and and they really bring their highlights to the fair so that's also great because you see usually you see really really impressive art um, I'm coming very much from the investment side and I learned so much <laughs> that I, I learned so much that, you know, you shouldn't collect art only for the purpose of, you know, investment. Yeah. I, I learned that. But when I read, for example, interviews with uh, successful collectors, mm -hmm. then I often see that they are specialized in one certain thing and mm -hmm. really like one specific thing and then try to collect everything there. Yeah. And me coming from the investment side we learn about diversification mm -hmm. and uh, don't put all your eggs and at the same time and so on um but uh, in art it seems to be the opposite so don't have a, a wide collection have a very special uh, collection uh, or uh, how does it work i love that question Dennis. So I, I, I think th so this is actually where those two fields really kind of it, it becomes a bit difficult to to kind of name it the right way because what you're saying is in terms of terminology correct but in terms of approach really not and I'll let me let me get into that because I think um, what you're reacting to is setting a framework for your collection so maybe finding a theme or something that's close to your heart that you really care about a, a cause in the widest sense or um, maybe a time or it might even be a color range right like I know people who've collected purely black and white art and that is actually something that is quite recommendable because it helps you even, especially when you're a younger collector, it helps you get 
handrails, right? So you're not walking across the bridge without any handrails. You at least have something to hold on to. So setting a theme might be a good way to start. You might also at the end lose it, but it, it has proven, and that's what you're pointing to, it has proven to be a helpful sort of North Star for collectors to have one thing that they focus on and then work within that. That said, though, I have to say what you're what you're pointing to, and it's a very good question. In that, then usually they have a great variety and diversity. So then you know you set your theme. You say, I don't know, up and coming artists from, uh, I don't know, let's just say South America, up and coming artists, something like that, right? And then you, but within that, then you really can explore and you can play around and you you find the hidden gems and you find the next big, big thing and you, you know. So uh, I think diversity within constraints is actually a very good way to go about collecting. Does that help? Yes, a lot. <laughs> But um, also an, another question, I'm very interested in these, mm -hmm. these technical things. So I, let's say I buy a painting now. Mm -hmm. um, If I would have an old timer, I would, you know, need to take care of it as well, yes, maintain sure. it. A painting like I hang it at my wall mm -hmm. and all nice. Um, of course, maybe <laughs> I should uh, insure it, insure it, and everything. Yeah. But um, do I need to take care of my collection? Do I need to do something with it? That's a very, very good question, Lens. That is that is a very big point of it. Physically hopefully not if you have to take care of your work too much physically as in you have to restore it or re repair it then something may have gone wrong right like maybe you hung a piece on that is very sensitive to light and maybe you hung it in a way that wasn't ideal for it and now it might have some flaws so of course when you introduce pieces physically into your home you should consider if the material that the piece has is adequate for the place where you're putting it if it's correctly framed might it need a better you know sometimes you've got those uv protective glasses for example on, on pieces that are on paper that are very you know light sensitive that might change their color range so that's important to consider a good gallery or good advisor will or even a good auction house will either already have prepared that for the piece to start with Or they will guide you. So, for example, hanging <laughs> um, a historic photograph over your kitchen sink might not be the best place for it. <laughs> so these these things, you know, typically oil on canvas is is pretty robust, but you might want to be careful with not moving the canvas too much so that the, the the surface doesn't crack. So that's the physical part, right? It's a good idea to get advice on ideal framing, on ideal positioning, and so on. But there's also a care of a collection that is a bit more sort of lives more in the I idealistic way, um, which is do I have a good sort of registry of my pieces? Just buying them and having them is great. But if you really go about it as a collection, you should really be careful of having it photographed correctly, having all the details at hand when you need it, having a good sort of overview of what you hold, what happens to it. Like a gallery would have a registrar who does that collector it's a very recommendable thing to have that too and it, now you might think oh I've got three to five pieces of art but you never know where that ends up so it would be good to start with that early and then there's also the care that lives in for example lending it to exhibitions sort of being 
a bit on the lookout what can I do with the works right like if you're really thinking about it like really big picture far horizon can I also increase the worth actually the value of my pieces by showcasing them somewhere is there maybe an artist whose name is becoming more and more important and maybe I can have the work shown somewhere and then with that also increase its value its inherent value so there's a care that happens on that level as well where you kind of just keep track of the work that you have where could I showcase it where could I best present it so let's say I have some kind of a let's say big um, collection and um, then actually with promoting it showcasing it taking care of it um, documenting it that actually becomes you know a full-time job almost <laughs> or um, or are there other I don't know service companies who help you doing that or is that a bad yeah. idea because then it's not connected to you anymore or no I mean first of all it can become especially when you're collection gets so big that you need a house for it and then you all of a sudden have a family museum or something <laughs> <laughs> um there are of course i mean there's advisory companies our consult for example that is you know main maintenance and collection care that is a big part of what you know our consults consultants consultancies can offer yeah but yeah it, it, even when you start and i mean we're talking about i mean the idea of this podcast how to start right so i think if you just sort of get into it with that mindset before it becomes that you know full-time job um if you already start with that mindset you're set up on a good path i think so it's important to kind of start on the right foot and then everything in the past will get easier yeah. when it gets more complex i think so i think it's also if you're really into i mean if i can just sort of add to that i think that it's if you're really thinking about investing money in an art collection setting yourself a budget is a wise thing so you don't get lost and you have a sense of like what is my okay framework to invest per year or whatever um that's helpful so that you know if a piece costs ten thousand francs that's fine for me or that's not fine for me so you don't have that negotiation with you every mm -hmm. time right and that's just a helpful thing um and then also, you know, kind of finding some artists, really read about them, you know, and if they are alive, try to meet them. It's great. It's really helpful, you know, and always consider you in, you're investing. If you're buying a piece of art, you are in a way investing into the artist. So if the artist is a person, is promising, inspiring, you feel connected to them, you feel like they will probably go on to do amazing things. That's great, right? Like if you if you are able to reach that nuance, or if you're able to to get that insight, absolutely fantastic. I love buying pieces from artists that I've met. I always try to to meet the artist. That's not possible. We don't want to, you know, overburden the young artists who are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you can, if you get the chance, then then that's of course a fantastic ad for 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 a young collector and then i think you know refining your taste reading about people maybe listening to a podcast with them or you know trying to get as much knowledge and insight as possible is always great okay so in summary if i would like to start collecting i should build my own taste kind of i should yeah. meet the artist i should set myself a budget then wait one year pretend that <laughs> i am already a collector and then actually start going to galleries art fairs and uh, or buying and yeah the the, the points are correct though the 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 sort of <laughs> the frequency <laughs> wasn't low so i think you know start wait the year that you start getting into it okay. 
And then, of course, don't wait if you see something yes. that you love. Always get it. Absolutely. There's no worse thing than the one piece that you miss. Jesus, mm. that's so big. I once, oh no, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I was once, I was really young. I was at an art fair that was an up-and-coming art fair, and I saw pieces, drawings, not, not paintings, drawings by an artist, and I just thought they were the coolest thing. And at, the, at that time, they were, I think, like $6,000 that was in Miami. And for me, I was super young. And for me, that was so much money. And I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, should I, should I, oh, whatever. And I love them, right? I walk around half an hour, walk back to the booth, and I'm like, ah, oh, they're sold. I still, to this day, regret that I didn't buy them. Not only because that artist now is very expensive, and they would probably be closer to 200000 now, but also because it's just, I really love them. I really, really liked them. But for me, you know, I didn't have any kind of framework to, in that say this is okay like if you if you like this go for it it's fine here's your budget mm. for the year here's mm. your trust yourself trust your gut also important trust your gut really trust it if you love something then by all means forget my first uh, <laughs> input and <laughs> collect right away <laughs> okay no but um i think that's it's a great summary for for starters and can um, i add one thing to be aware of please maybe just because I think that's where people often get a bit frustrated at the beginning. Just know that the art market sometimes has things like wait lists. People take interest. It's a little, it's because in the end, the galleries want to also protect the work of the artist. They want to be sure it goes into good homes. And also sometimes it's just not available. So something like a wait list, a no, you can't have that yet. It's on reserve. That just happens. It's natural to this field. So don't get frustrated. Don't be discouraged. It's, it's, it, it's part of the game in a way. And yeah, let, don't let that stop you. I think that's an important thing. And ask for advice. I mean, this is not plugging our art consultancy, but it is actually true. It's good share with people meet other collectors see what they think i mean it's it's always interesting when you go to art fairs like at basel which is actually happening we're taping this at the beginning beginning of june it's happening next week um it's so funny because the conversations in the evening at you know various occasions are always like oh did you see that what did you think did you see that what did you think you know it's like the exchange is important with your peers with other people that are like-minded so seek that out too so there are my that's my that's my little deck of how to how to collect. <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, one thing maybe I should add at that yes, point as please. well. So uh, you didn't say that about yourself, but I should mention that you're responsible of our next collector community yes, where we yeah. organize regular events where you can meet the artist, look at the gallery, uh, talk to other young collectors or people who consider being one. So whenever uh, you see an invitation for next collector, probably you're going to meet Aurelia there and then you can... <laughs> ask for more insights yeah it would be great so come come one come all also it's just fun i mean you don't even have to think of yourself as now i'm going to an art fair and i'm going to commit that i will collect for the rest of my life it's just a very inspiring field it's always cool stuff to see it's nice people it's 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 really a an add-on to you know every every way of looking at creativity so yeah come <laughs> perfect no, but then really, thank you a lot, Aurelio. Thank I, you, Dennis. I learned a lot today. Awesome. And um, yes, then thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. This was very interesting, you know, ha having to talk and not just asking questions. <laughs> it was also nice for me <laughs> once asking the questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very cool. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you. <laughs>